0: My name is Brian Martin, and you are listening to Season 3, Episode 7 of the Running Technique Tips podcast. I'm now joined by my co-host, Lisa Biffin, who's a bit down in the dumps. She's so down in the dumps, we had to do a take two on this recording. (laughs) Are you feeling any better now, Lisa?
1: Oh, look, compared to how I was before, I'm definitely... My positive meter has gone in the right direction. I was... I was so frazzled and so tired and just so over it when we did our take one earlier this morning and uh, I've I've calmed down a bit because I've been given some time back in my day. So, there's really no amount of money that you can pay for extra time, is there? It's literally invaluable.
0: Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Time is the most valuable thing of all.
1: Yeah, very much so. So, I... I'm still pretty down in the dumps, though. I'm I'm just probably sounding a bit more upbeat. I think if we ever released the other one, would <laughs> be scary. Lisa would have been unleashed because whoa, I was I was afraid of. My, I wanted to run away from myself.
0: <laughs> uh, very good, very good.
1: Uh, but things have been things have been exhausting, Brian. I've I don't know. Life has just been like you know when things pile up and pile up and then. It all just sort of comes to a head, and you just like you're just exhausted. Even getting up in the morning is like a simple mm. task, but seems like it's just the world's biggest effort.
0: You've been so overwhelmed that um, I understand that you've you've made the tremendous decision to retire from cross country running during the week as well. So what's going on with that?
1: Oh, so I had a few moments of quitting all sorts of things during the week, and a friend of mine said maybe don't make any rash decisions in this moment. You're probably not in the right headspace. So, Look, there was very good advice. So I'll, <laughs> my week unfolded last week in I was sort of right in the midst of that cold. Like I had said that it was coming down and I was feeling pretty awful and it really sort of turned into the full-blown cold and then you come out of the end of it. But I don't know if this happens to you because my life is far too hectic and I continue to power through. I don't really appreciate how under the weather I actually am until I'm finally feeling like back to 100%. And then because you're not feeling very well and you're trying to push through, you're trying to be superhuman, you're just the cloud of negativity. It, it forms and it just circulates and stays. So I don't know if you get that or maybe maybe out in the country air you're yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot relaxed.
0: Yes. Well, look, I, I have had those moments before. I'm probably a little bit better at pulling the pin earlier so I don't kind of get myself into that state these days but i know what you mean yeah sometimes it's it's hard to hard to know that you're uh, in the crisis until you you've got a cold and it's too late so
1: yeah and um, i think trying just to read
0: those signs early is and is a thing to work on
1: yeah well i think the hard thing is too with you know two little humans it just makes it really difficult and look i'm i'm not alone in that obviously but, um, you know lots of people have children but you know it like a day in the life of lisa is usually get up at six get myself ready drag the children out of bed who are usually kicking and moaning because it's cold or it's too hot or they're hungry or they're tired or, you know, keep going for a million reasons. Get them dressed and ready and pack, pack their bags and out the door by a quarter to seven. Do the drop-offs at one at daycare and then one at before school care and then into the city for work, um, you know, work all day and then usually backpack on, run home to try and get some Ks in. Get to training, get home, and I usually walk through the door anywhere between seven thirty and eight o'clock at night. So, and then you know dinner and get yourself ready. So by the time I sort of actually sit down, it's usually nine p.m. and I'm just wrecked. <laughs> Funny. I'm, I'm just laughing because you're you're oh. making
0: my new commuter life all seem easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it is just completely relentless. And we do have a nanny three days a week, but on the other days that we don't, you know, you add on top of that, you do your dinners and all the rest of it. And, look, I'm by no means alone in in this. Like that's just the reality of, um, Mm. you know, modern day society. But, you know, I've got that added, and this is a choice obviously, added stresses of wanting to, you know, Do my my running and trying to fit in the gym two to three times a week, and you know running eighty kilometers, which I think is enormous. I know in comparison to some people, that's you know they do that in the first couple of days of their week, but you sort of you do that week after week, day after day, and it just compounds and compounds, and you just turn into negative biffin. <laughs>
0: I think I've said this before, uh, it's definitely time for the tree change, time to move to the country and abandon this uh, <laughs> this aspirational oh. city lifestyle, Lisa.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. And I was uh, I was having a joke to you during the week and I was at a work function and I was very calm and I did smile, but internally my blood was boiling when uh, a, a male counterpart looked shocked when I said the age of my children because he had a full-time stay at home wife to his 16 and 18 year old children and how on earth did (laughs) I manage to work full time and do all these other things and it's probably not the most politically correct thing to say in what are we 2019
0: (laughs) no no I think you know as a As a a man, it's always safest to make no comment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. So I was like, just breathe through this one, Lisa, and smile and uh, walk away. (laughs) Choose to make no comments. But anyway, getting back onto running because that's what we usually Mm. talk about. So last week was – I still did 77Ks. Uh, There was a lot of slow, easy jogging, but, you know, heart rate was – just How did
0: you fit in 77Ks, given you were sick and running around all the time and moving?
1: Well, this is why I fall into a heap now because <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, and that's why this morning when we did take one, everything was so frantic. My life is just mm-hmm. organized to the minute um, and, you know, something goes wrong either side of that. and Mm. the rest of the day sort of falls apart. So look, a lot, a lot of pre-planning goes into my week to week. And and look, this is part of the, the reason I have a laugh with my trading partner who leads an equally as hectic lifestyle. She's a, a partner in a law firm, so has a very stressful job. And half of our exhaustion comes from just the constant planning. And I know that I say that I like to plan, but you know, I'm usually planning, like I have already planned next week and have sort of got some initial plans for the week after. You know, there's life just doesn't happen. It, it's on always such a schedule. And I think, you know, perfect recipe for burnout. <laughs> I think a psychologist yeah, yeah, would yeah. tell me.
0: I just, yeah, uh, I, I think I know. Even though you're saying you're doing easy running, it did just sort of sound like, you know, you just tried to cram too much in given everything else that was going yeah. on.
1: Look, I think so. And, you know, one of the, I guess, sort of the telltale signs, especially doing a lot of this heart rate running is, so I I was doing, say, for example, on Tuesday I did 15Ks, average heart rate 147, so still within my aerobic zone given my high heart rate these days, apparently high heart rate. Uh, But my average pace was 532. I've been managing to run, when I'm not so tired, sort of 450 to 5-minute pace within that heart rate so Mm. you know and it it just it didn't feel hard it didn't feel easy like it was just a slog and then the same on the wednesday I just did easy running again and then I eventually went and did the Western Sydney – it's a marathon but they have a 10K event out in Penrith out at the regatta where they do the rowing and the 10K is two loops around the lake. It's a beautiful, beautiful event, beautiful course, amazing, amazing weather on Saturday. Apparently it was the best conditions that they have ever had in the 10 years of running the event and I just – like I was just flat. You should have heard the car ride driving out there. Talk about lack of positivity. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, yeah, all sorts of negative comments being thrown around. So anyway, I did I did the run. Uh, you start and you actually go downhill for about three hundred meters, and my heart rate was I think I think I saw it at like it was one seventy three <laughs> in the first three hundred meters downhill, and I just thought, oh, this is. It's just not all. It's just not happening today. So I immediately I switched off the watch. To um, I still had it going, but I just turned it to the time. Uh, you know, when you just don't want any data. Mm. Do you ever have days like that?
0: Sometimes, but usually I like my data these days. I've become a bit addicted yeah. to it. <laughs> Slave to my yeah, watch. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I didn't want I didn't want to know the pace because I knew given the heart rate at the start was so high, the pace would probably you know, not not be great. And given the fact the heart rate was so high at the beginning, I just thought, I, I don't want anything to do with this. So, one of the positives from the race is I, I ran 39.39 39 for 10K. So, you know, look, it's it's solid. The I, conditions- I think I'll be happy
0: if I run 39.39 39 later in the year, Lisa. So, yeah, it's still pretty good going.
1: You know, it's really funny. So, a training partner, she came out and did it and it didn't have a great run either and I think she ran 41 minutes and we were both having a laugh on the cool down and she's like, we really need some perspective sometimes because she said, you know, only a couple of years ago my PB was 45 minutes and now I'm complaining I've just run 41 minutes. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, everything is quite relative. A couple of positives, I negative split. So I did a 1952 first 5K and then a 1947 second 5K. And I actually... As the run went on, I felt better and better. I mean, that's um, you know, an indication of just the, the negative split. And I, I will say that there was no hero sprint to the line. There was no trying to push it. I was actually, I finished fifth. I was gaining on the fourth place girl. And in my head, I actually said, you know, it's not worth it. Just keep this nice steady pace. You're not going to win anything by mm-hmm. trying to run down someone in the last, you know, couple of hundred meters. So I felt good. The average was 358. My heart rate was through the roof. It was an average of 185. Mm. <laughs> so that's, that's a that's bit That's over ridiculous. my max. <laughs> yes. It was definitely ridiculous. But one of the things that I did manage to do is I feel like I'm definitely getting better at controlling my mind when things aren't going well. In races and I think you know I really want to move towards this marathon distance try to get strong for it and I think it's probably a good skill to have because you're not going to feel great for an entire 42ks and so I was really able to rally on that mental ability to say you know focus on your form just relax you know smile all these sorts of things were going through my head and I actually ended up having a like a positive experience from it rather than god I'm only running you know whatever, four-minute Ks, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for that. So
0: so did the smiling make the pain go away?
1: Oh, look, it actually wasn't that painful. And so no. I think I had mentioned to you, I sent, sent you a text afterwards and I sort of said, look, you know, I'm fit because whilst my heart rate was so ridiculously high, I was able to run 358s and it didn't really feel that hard. Like it just felt, I felt controlled. I wasn't that interested. I put a post on our socials that sort of said, you know, I was flat unmotivated and missing my mojo. And that's probably a perfect recap of that race. So I'll take 39.39 39, feeling like that.
0: Yeah, you should.
1: <laughs> but during the run, uh, you, this is a, a long way to get to the answer to your question, was I was running along going, you know, I don't want to do the half marathon in the Gold Coast. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I hate cross country, you know, negative Nancy, negative Nancy. And so, my my training partner at the end you know said don't make any rash decisions and as i've been thinking about it um i sort of on the sunday i went for a really nice slow i did 12k's i was starting to feel a bit better by the sunday i managed to run 507 average um at a 145 heart rate and i did go up a couple of hills so things were starting to sort of turn a corner and i just said to myself you know i know that cross country is so good for you know training and strength and all those bits and pieces but I have so many stresses in my life that why the hell am I doing something that I fundamentally just don't like doing? So it might be great training and it might be all these things, but I bloody hate it. <laughs> so so,
0: so I, you're staying staying retired from cross-country by the sounds of things. So
1: I'm staying retired. I may just come out for the odd relay like I did. The relay is always fun and they're a short distance. It's fine. But, you know, I started thinking I'll do like the 10K cross-country and I'll go and do a cross-country over there. I'll come down to Melbourne and do a cross-country. And I just thought, you're so busy and you're so stressed at the best of times. This is meant to be a hobby and you're meant to do it because it's time out and it's relaxing and you enjoy it. So just do things (laughs) that you actually enjoy, which is road racing. So I've got a bit of a plan for probably the next nine months just around the races that I'm going to do, and it's mainly focusing on 10K road, half marathons, and the penultimate Tokyo Marathon 2020 in March.
0: And maybe doing Melbourne Marathon with me?
1: No, so I'm not doing the marathon. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I'm, I'm not doing the marathon. We did have a listener question come in during the week asking me why I wouldn't consider doing Sydney Marathon. And, you know, really valid question. A couple of reasons. One, I really do want to do Melbourne because it's my hometown. I grew up running around those streets and I feel like it's something that I would be very proud to do. And second of all, if anyone's ever been to Sydney, it's hilly. <laughs> and I've already done a hilly marathon in New York. I am not in a hurry to do another one. I would really like my next one to try and be a bit of a performance. Like I know I was trying to run as well as I could in New York, but I want it to be sort of set up in you know as flat as possible, you know, good conditions, good crowds, those sorts of things, good environment to you – know, try and run as quick as I possibly can. And I don't think I could execute that on the Sydney course.
0: Yes. Now, so you've answered the listener question there, but the Brian question was, were you going to run the Melbourne marathon? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Leaving you to last. Uh, Yes. No, not this year, but I am going to come and do half. Right. Yeah. So I went onto the website and I was umming and ahhing and I sort of batted it back and forth and then my friend who has run a 303 in Tokyo off next to no training and you know I just thought it was an amazing run chatted to her because she actually did do that she did Melbourne in October and then um, Tokyo in uh, when it was March and she just sort of said well i'm not sure if you can recover in in time Um, she's got a lot more years of experience of that really long marathon running and training behind her and i sort of took her point on board and tend to to agree with her there so sorry you'll be out on your own
0: i'll be out there on my own again Mm.
1: (laughs) but you'll have a better year this year so Anyway, um, that was my week last week. 77K still, so pretty good. Uh, two gym sessions, just a lot of easy running, a lot of soul searching. We also moved. I think I said that we were moving. Yeah. And whilst that uh, wasn't, it wasn't you know really difficult it it took us three days to move we're only moving across the road but because of that we didn't hire anyone we just moved stuff ourselves running back and forth the whole times and it was literally the Saturday Sunday and Monday and I think you forget that you know you're not normally well I'm not because I work a desk job I'm not normally on my feet for 12 hours a day walking up and down stairs bending you know cleaning up cupboards and restacking and unstacking. And you've
0: become unconditioned for like real life, Lisa, this is the thing.
1: I'm totally unconditioned for real life. So, my gosh, I did all of that. And then, you know, the the calf is gone, excuse me, on top of that. So, I'm just so out of sorts and I need to get my sanity back in order, I think, for my body to follow. So,
0: what are you going to do to dig yourself out of this hole?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um I'm going to have a bath after this, actually.
0: (laughs) Well, that'll, that'll solve all those problems, I think.
1: So one of the positives of moving into our fabulous little apartment is it's so much more modern than my 1901 built house that we're about to uh, to knock down. And the bathroom has a bath. We haven't had a bath uh, in our house. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, true story. I bought a candle during the week so that I could turn that on whilst I was having Excellent. a bath. <laughs> I'm going to do – I'm actually having – some I'm had today off. I'm having tomorrow off. I probably will have Sunday off as well. I think I'm going to jump in the pool. I enjoy swimming. I know you probably don't like it that much. And just – I'm just going to do whatever I feel like doing depending on how – like this is exercise-wise, not uh, I wish I could do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to, just until I kind of – I'm just going to stop forcing it. So I've actually taken Gold Coast off the table as a performance race. There is another half marathon about seven weeks after Gold Coast. Uh, it's actually the New South Wales Half Marathon Championships. And mm-hmm. it's actually an excellent, it's an excellent event. It doesn't have the thousands and thousands of people like a lot of the major city ones, but the course is fabulous. It's, it's really professionally run. Uh, so I'm actually thinking, well, hopefully in three months time I can get myself sorted (laughs) maybe that's the one to aim for a time I just need to take the pressure of myself of trying to hit times and all those sorts of things because uh, I'm just falling apart
0: it sounds like you're adopting a Brian approach
1: do you know I actually am and I god I'm hating to admit this I think it's (laughs) what I need (laughs)
0: This is what you need. Lack of structure. Just, just go by feel for a while and and see what happens. See what comes of it.
1: Yeah, no. Look, I really do, and you know, I've I've been doing some good K's and all the rest of it. But even to the point where I need to even just stop looking at that. And I I went to the gym this morning, and I was just so happy being in the gym. And I just thought, you know what, I think I need to just be a little bit alternative. You know, it doesn't mean just sit on the couch and watch, you know, binge on Netflix and chock chip cookies, you know, still get out there. And I was listening to uh, a podcast, actually, Dick Telford, a very um, well-renowned Australian distance running coach. And, and he Whenever just, I think
0: you- of Dick Telford, I just think of that Kellogg's breakfast cereal that he used to advertise back in back in the 80s.
1: I don't actually think I've ever seen that ad or remember oh, it. Okay, um, you're probably too young. <laughs> but he made this comment about, you know, just get out there and exercise twice a day like and that could just be go for a walk around the block and you know none of this stuff was revolutionary, but sometimes you just need a bit of a reminder to go Stop being so structured, you know, as you do. Take your dog for a walk. Mm-hmm. Take the the forced element and the competitive element out of it and just get back to some basics and just enjoy it and really have a bit of a restorative type of movement for a couple of weeks. So, yeah. Running is recovery. Yeah, exactly. Running is recovery. And I went back and flicked back through uh, a training diary of mine actually from 2015. And it was a year that I was was really wanting to break three minutes for, sorry, 10 minutes for 3K uh, that year. And so, all of my training for that entire year, I'd, I'd also just had my first daughter. So, training was, you know, recovery, but everything was really focused on that 3K. So I did a lot of random races, but all of them, I went into them very relaxed because I thought, well, I don't want to get injured. It's just training. Just enjoy it. And I actually ran really well. Like I think that was the when I ran 38, maybe 33 for the Gold Coast 10K. Um, and I remember talking for the first couple of Ks to um, someone who I knew that was next to me. And it, sometimes you just need to go relaxing and not taking it all so seriously, you can actually do pretty well.
0: Yes, So and and enjoy it more.
1: And enjoy it, exactly. So, Brian's approach, the plan is no plan, restorative Excellent. exercise, Gold Coast performance is off the table. I'll still do the half and reassess and either aim for the New South Wales champs as um, a, a bit of a race or even Melbourne at the end of the year.
0: Well, that sounds... Well, not good, but at least there's a plan to get your mojo back, so encouraging.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. So, there you go. There's 23 minutes of negativity. Can you try and turn (laughs) us around?
0: Yeah, I reckon I can, actually. I'm feeling pretty positive pretty positive and pretty buoyant at the moment. Um, Wow. (laughs) Given... I was a bit apprehensive about how how I would adapt to this new lifestyle of commuting and full time work and so forth.
1: Yeah, um, I think we were both a bit worried, but uh, mm. sort of you've taken it in your stride and just sort of immersed yourself in it.
0: I have, you come yeah. out the other
1: end smiling.
0: Um, yeah, I'm starting starting to thrive on it. I think so. Yeah, just to give you a bit of a picture, running wise, over the last four weeks. I have done 52 Ks, 36 Ks, 64 Ks and 44 Ks, which kind of indicates that I've been fairly flexible in my program, a bit like what you were just describing. Like I mm. haven't tried to hit a particular number each week. I just got as much done as I could given time constraints, um, which are yeah, largely about making sure I get on, get on the train on time. And yeah, I had that conference in there as well, which I kind of lost a Sunday long run in there, which sort of led to that 36k week, but just basically just accepted the constraints that I had and, and did whatever I could within those weeks. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but I seem to be actually still relatively fit. And I'm, I'm beginning to wonder actually whether... Part of the reason for that is is part of the <laughs> all the incidental exercise I'm getting on top of that um, as part of the commuting and also um, just moving around during the day at Melbourne University.
1: Yeah, um, do you know what I think that's completely underrated? Like I mm. I know that they talk a lot of you know the Kenyans and they they walk at such a young age to and from school and like even myself. Not that I'm anywhere near as fast as the Kenyans, but I used to walk to and from school from like the age mm-hmm. of. Ten and all through high school years, and had some pretty good running results. And I trained for running specifically once a week, and the rest was, as you say, just general movement.
0: Yeah, just keep moving. And so, yeah, at the moment, I've got like a number of different changes and lots of stairs involved, moving around Footscray Station and North Melbourne Station. So yeah, so you when when I hit the stairs, I I, yeah, I kind of jog up the stairs. So you know, I'm getting this like extra extra little workouts at either end of the day. And yeah. then, you know, Perfect. I'm now working in an eight-storey building with stairs. So I'm using the stairs in that um, as I move between floors. And Melbourne University, if people don't realise, is a, a pretty massive um, estate in itself north mm. of the city. And it's sort of spread its tentacles Um, into the surrounding suburbs so if you go and meet some of your counterparts from other areas you're looking in some cases at like an 800 meter walk each way to go and have a meeting so um, Mm. there's lots of additional exercise in addition to the 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 leaping up and down the stairs um, that I'm getting during the day which Mm.
1: is probably helping
0: me a little bit actually
1: yeah I mean let's be honest you're not going to make the Olympic team if you're doing this type of sporadic training but you're going (laughs) to (laughs) correct you know, as a as a midpacker, you you're not going to lose you know, all the, you know the moderate fitness that you've um, managed no. to, to muster up, and uh, you know we just talk about I've just moaned about being stressed for the last twenty three minutes. It's probably aiding you from not being stressed. Um, I,
0: I think I think it is actually, uh, yeah. And look, I, I think I'm actually, despite the the relatively low volume, I'm actually still gaining a bit of fitness at the moment because I ran I, I, as we were talking about last week in the episode where we're talking about how to prepare and strategize about running your cross-country race. Well, I ran a cross-country race, which hasn't led to me announcing my retirement from cross-country <laughs> running. <laughs> In fact, it was it was really quite enjoyable. So, yeah, I did the um, St Anne's Winery uh, Athletics Victoria 8-kilometer event event which I must admit I was approaching with a little bit of trepidation given the some of the commentary that um, people have made about how, just how tough the course was going to be. And actually, before I get into that too much, I just wanted to, a bit of a shout out to a couple of people who helped me get myself organized so I could actually <laughs> get into the race because although I had registered with Athletics Victoria a number of months ago, I hadn't actually been back to the club for five weeks. so I haven't had a chance to pick up my race kit. So um, Simon Monain helped me out with that on Saturday morning. So I was able to pick up my race numbers so I could be officially entered. And Michelle Hawkes went out of her way last week on friday to help me get my ballarat singlet so a shout out to both of those folks
1: Mm, Um, typical unplanned brian
0: (laughs) yeah well that's right and also you know just an indication of you know when you when you're in the country people are just happy to go out of the way to to help you out uh when you need to so yeah that enabled me to get to saint anne's on the saturday and Look, uh, I went out, Actually, went out there pretty relaxed. Uh, my wife came along, well as well, for a bit of a bit of an outing. And uh, it I was, was the winery had... that got her
1: there, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Um, and yeah, I was sort of hoping that she might actually get some photos of me running, but <laughs> that didn't she end proving to be the case. I think I think she got distracted. Um, plus, you know, it's pretty hard to pick out uh, one middle-aged guy in amongst four hundred and. 40 something people or whatever it is. Uh, 410, eight, sorry, huh? runners. Mm-hmm. 410 runners were in the race. So um, yeah, I had to forgive her for not getting photos of me um, during the race, but she did get a couple of me before and after, which I posted up a couple of those onto um, onto Instagram. So, uh, so that was good. So yeah, it was a pretty relaxed outing. There wasn't really a whole lot of expectation about going there to try and run super fast, which uh, I think is kind of based on you know, what you've been talking about, it's nice to sort of go into things with a bit more of a relaxed, non, non-super pressurized performance kind of mindset. And I kind of got to the line and I actually I ran into Kevin Lieberthal, the physiotherapist who we've had on the show at the start and said day to him. And whilst I was doing that, there was someone else who I, I'm sure I've met before, but I forgot his name um, in a Ballarat singlet who sort of said, oh, you know, it's, it's lucky you're here because I don't think we're actually going to score any points in the in the Division One um, Ballarat District team because we haven't got enough runners.
1: Oh, hang on a second! Um, you were promoted. You first raced back and you're in Div One.
0: Well, I, I don't think "promoted" is the right word. I, I think uh, it's kind of just like making up the numbers, Lisa. But yeah, I was a bit surprised at that. So yeah, I don't know. I think in the if you counted up the Couple of open age group runners and various vets, uh, <laughs> middle aged guys and veterans, such as myself. I, th- I think that they, they, we did manage to cobble together um, six scoring athletes in the end. But yeah, there was. I think there was only one of those who was kind of like a, a fairly speedy runner. The rest of us were definitely the the mid to back of pack, mm. which is a it's a bit sad, as you know. The Ballarat's got such a history of you know really fast runners and high performance runners and normally they would kind of see themselves as being quite competitive in those sort of division one sort of teams and you know when you've when you've got me like making up the fourth out of sixth runner
1: oh yeah <laughs> you know you're in
0: trouble <laughs> <laughs> you know you're in trouble uh anyway sorry that was a bit of a diversion but um yeah so getting back to the race and the plan was as we talked about to sort of get out quite conservatively and that was how it turned out and look a bit of a tip for the listeners, if you don't trust yourself to start slowly, just position yourself at the towards the back of the field at the start because if you do that, there's no possible way that you can get out of the gate too fast. And to emphasise that, I ran my first kilometre in 4 minutes 44 just because you're just sort of waiting for the, the sort of start area to clear out. And when you've got 410 people kind of channelling through a fairly narrow cross-country course, it really did take probably at least 1,500 metres for things to sort of start to open up. And all of that 1,500 metres is just a nice gentle warm-up if you kind of allow yourself to sort of float with the the mid to the back of the pack there, which I I did.
1: Did you imagine at any moment that that was what it would be like at the start of a world cross-country race? Just (laughs) (laughs) chaos. Well...
0: Yeah, different kind of chaos. Look, I I guess if I'd positioned myself towards the front of the field, I I probably would have got um, stampeded by the, the ravening hordes. But, uh, yeah, it was a little bit safer at the back of the pack with the, uh, uh, the more modest athletes and, and elderly folk, um, of which I'm rapidly becoming one. So, yeah, it was, wasn't, wasn't quite well cross-country, but, it, yeah, it was definitely quite crowded. So, you know, I guess from a mid-pack perspective, you could make the analogy that, it was, yeah, it's a little bit like the chaos of the start. Yeah, um, did you know and what? Enough, um, that's yeah. a
1: testament to what they've done down in Athletics Victoria to have over 400 open males and, from the sounds of it, depth and, and quality right through, you know, to, to have the range where even yourself, you get a competitive race. So I would yeah. say that they're probably the envy of a lot of other states and maybe organizations around the world.
0: I would say so. And look, I really enjoyed looking at some of the photos that people took soon after the start. And if you... If you have a look at the Ath- Athletics Victoria Instagram or Facebook feed, you'll sort of see this like giant snake of runners just sort of emerging out of the start and it's just like a, yeah, it's like a wall of humanity. Yeah, almost like a river of runners is probably the way to describe it because it's it's sort of like a, it's not like a straight line. It's just people getting out of the start and then slowly starting to curve their way into the, um, into the first corner. So, yeah, some good photos there that sort of give you a good, mental image of what it was actually like. The One thing that happened after, I think it was like about two minutes into the race, like a, a guy just kind of like hit the first hill and just stopped and started walking and it was just, people were just running up the back of him. So my only little rant for the day is like, if you feel like you're not in shape to be able to at least jog up the first hill, maybe like come back and start at the back with me, like... <laughs> He was kind of when well, he was lucky that i didn't run into the back of him because i 'm not very uh, nimble on my feet, so I just almost came to a complete stop to avoid crashing into the back of this fellow i'm assuming he wasn't injured, but um yeah he was uh, he hit the first hill and it was it was walking, which was a bit problematic
1: yeah, very odd so
0: mm it was odd so leaving that aside, yeah maybe maybe i 'll just describe the course it's uh, eight kilometers as mentioned, and it 's four laps of two kilometers and mentioned there was a few kind of twists and turns but in terms of like hill hill profile basically each lap had two two climbs in it one early on in the lap and one sort of mid to late in the two-kilometre lap. So you kind of had this situation of you're never really on the flat. So like we were talking about, you couldn't really get into a rhythm. And, yeah, there was kind of like climb number one, then you're sort of into a downhill section, a few twists and turns, and then you've got to climb number two and then like another downhill section back towards the start and then repeat. So it was one of those courses where it was definitely good to start conservatively because you could just kind of see those climbs getting harder and harder as the as the race went on and and that's definitely the way that I found it but having had my conservative start I'll just I'll just give you my kind of lap splits I think my my first 2k and these are a bit rough because every time I sort of went through the start finish area I think I hit my split in a slightly different position <laughs> because because I was so far back in the field I actually I think I sort of started my watch maybe a second or two after the gun went off, but it took me probably five seconds to get over the start-finish line. So, yeah, things were a little bit out. But anyway, so the first lap was about 9.06, which is sort of like 4.30 pace average. Second lap was 8.49, which was 4.20 low something. Ooh. Third lap was 8.57, and I feel like I maybe I hit my split a little bit after the second lap and that was sort of like 4.23 average and the last lap was 8 minutes 30 which was roughly 4.15s which in total gave me 35.26 which you know so probably was yeah not too bad probably about 4.20 ish kilometre pace average on a fairly hilly and challenging course and in terms of like kilometre breakdown, that was like 4.44, 4.17, 4.24, 4.15, 4.29, 4.15, 4.32. And the last kilometre I was really starting to rattle home was 4.06. Mm. So yeah, you can sort of see from those kilometre splits, that kind of the profile of the course, like the first kilometre of each lap having more hill climbing in it and the second kilometre having more of a downhill element. So, so yeah, I kind of worked solidly up the hills and I, I feel like that those kind of longer runs that I've been doing over the last few weeks over the hills really helped me just to engage the diesel diesel motor and low gear and just kind of work my way up those hills and and look I definitely wasn't bounding up the hills or anything. I was just sort of grinding them out, but I was uh definitely doing better than the people around me um on the hill climbing sections and on the downhills I was probably holding my own, which was good. And I'd sort of deliberately used the downhills as a as a mechanism to kind of not blow myself up. Like it would be tempting just to charge over the top of the hill and then just absolutely gas it on the downhill. But when you know you've got multiple laps of heaps of climbing, I kind of just, I didn't exactly coast, but I just used the downhills um, and ran them fairly controlled rather than really sprinting down the hills and I was also concerned at some of the turns at the bottom because there was a little pond on <laughs> on one of the corners at the bottom of one of the hills and on one of the laps I, uh, I, I nearly found myself in the water so because I don't turn very well as you know um, and it was a bit slippery yeah so I was a little bit cautious about just sort of uh, going too quickly on the downhills except for the last lap when I really Kind of unleashed in the last kilometer um, yeah. for that four oh six.
1: So you said you sort of started off in what maybe four hundredth position. When, Probably. Where yep. did you
0: end up? Two hundred and seventy second. So yeah.
1: So you just rode down back from the middle. Yeah, nice. How did it feel like working your way through? Like we often talk about. You know, we spoke last week about how to uh, race across country, and you know, our main um, advice was start conservatively because. <laughs> It catches up with you. Did, is that exactly how you approach it? Do you feel like that was the right way to go about it?
0: Yeah, look, I think so. And especially, you know, it would have been different if I'd been doing some harder training sessions and had a few harder races under my belt. But because I'd had that build up where there wasn't either of those things, it was just kind of like the sensible decision to work my way into it. And it definitely worked in my favor. And, you know, from beyond 1500 meters, I was. Pretty much the next lap and a half, I was just picking people up constantly. And probably the third lap, I reckon I was just kind of holding my own a little bit in the field, but that just kind of allowed me, once I got over the second to last climb, in the, the final lap, um, I worked up the last climb pretty solidly. And by the time I got to that, I just realized that I had still had a fair bit in the tank. So I just kind of let go towards the finish. And look, I, I feel I probably picked up, and this is again, like analogous to what we hear some of the better runners talk about, World Cross Country, where they pick up lots of places in the last kilometer. I reckon I probably picked up a dozen places maybe in the last K just by, by over to kind of like finish it off strongly, so... I was pretty pleased to be able to do that and there was, a, there was a little bit of a showdown between me and Kevin, the physio, towards the end. Um, I, I, I didn't see him for a lot of the race and then I, I spied him during the third lap and I was just slowly gaining on him and I think in the second to last climb, I sort of came up on his shoulder and he looked around and saw me. He's like, oh, I'm not going to let Brian beat me and he took off um, down the hill. He was actually descending really well. I was probably climbing. Slightly better than Kevin, but he was going down the hills um, uh, quite well, so he gapped me a little bit. And then on the last climb, I was able to just sort of pick Kevin up and uh, yeah, get away a little bit on the downhill to the finish. Um, so, yeah, it was good to see Kevin out there.
1: Very good. Uh, Brian won, yeah. Kevin none.
0: Kevin, well, I think Kevin's got it over me um, in spades because of his uh, superior marathoning performances. But uh, he's prob- probably in a bit more of my hitting zone, racing over 8Ks, eight, eight um, whereas he's got me well and truly covered with his... Was it sub 320? I think it was, yeah. I think he ran under 3 hours 20 at the Canberra Marathon. Yeah. So
1: he's
0: about he's, he's about 17 or 18 minutes up the road from me in marathoning. So uh,
1: What's the appetite like now for cross-country?
0: It's pretty high, actually. I enjoyed myself out there. <laughs> So, unlike you, I'm 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 going to jump in for some more. So, in next week, uh there's the the Bandura 10K cross country, which is again is another challenging multi-lap hilly course, and yeah, I think I'm going to do that one because I, I enjoyed my outing and I particularly enjoyed um scoffing two pull pork rolls after the race and have, having a glass of merlot to wash it down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, there
0: were rewards for um all of the hard work at the end, which was nice,
1: yeah well, look, I'm glad that you are because at least we'll have someone to talk about cross country racing in the actual cross country racing season
0: absolutely, and look at you know, a couple of other things i want I was going to mention, I know this is a long recap, but um given we are doing a cross country Racing season, then maybe it's worth focusing on this a little bit. But there was one of one of the hill climbs, and I think it was about the time that I started to get lapped by the uh, the elite runners. So I was still doing my third lap when the elite runners went past me on the. I think I was. I think the leaders actually went past me on the first climb on the third lap, of my third lap. It was obviously their last lap. Um, and I was just able to sort of compare how well they were moving compared to how I was going up the hill and yeah I was sort of dieseling my way up the hill quite solidly but you know they they, they didn't even break stride so they're still able to be uh, running with a lot of power and getting a lot of bounce and really kind of working their way up the hill without it sort of seeming like it was I'm sure it was difficult but um, yeah the, uh, the the difference in um, them being able to maintain their mechanics and, and move well up that hill was was pretty stark. And look, the other thing I noticed was um, as as you started to... And I did pretty well at kind of riding my threshold and staying below the red line early in the race. It was kind of only towards the end that I started getting over that. But even sort of riding that line, the the footing, because it's sort of so uncertain and uneven really kind of throws you off your stride easily when you start to get to that point where you feel like you're getting a bit gassed. So, you know, every now and again, I'd kind of clip my clip my feet or... And, you know, that's just a case of, you know, your technique and your strength sort of breaking down a little bit um, under the stress of being a bit out of breath and um, also yeah just the the extra strength required to kind of drive yourself up the hill so yeah there were a couple little little moments there that um, yeah I was just able to reflect on um, as I was getting moaned down by these um, faster runners.
1: I think that's how I run every cross country after about 300 meters (laughs) think my knees my hips aren't strong enough I'm wobbling all over the place so I know that's good well well done I, I was glad that you went and did that and by all reports it actually sounded like a really good day and a great event so uh yeah it was
0: it was a good day out mm. and look fi- finally we did talk about shoes last week and i was i mentioned i was planning to wear my um butchered mizuno ronins where i cut the heels off those yeah. and i actually put them on for the warm-up and despite the fact that it have been raining a lot and the ground was a bit slippery it was still really hard so um i actually changed those shoes and just put on i've got a pair of um ultra escalante races because I just felt like I was going to need a little bit of extra cushion and I I feel like that was actually a good decision because most of the course was actually still really firm and the surface quite hard underfoot. There was only a couple of spots where it was a bit slippery and a little bit sloppy. So, um, yeah, I was kind of grateful of actually having a bit of cushioning and I I think if I'd put spikes on again, I I probably would have come out of that with with sore feet actually because the ground was so hard.
1: Mm. Oh, but I love that you take so many pairs of shoes to a race. I rock up, I warm up and run in the same ones that, and warm down in the same pair.
0: (laughs) Well, actually, I only had two pairs with me, so it was lucky I had uh, the second pair was appropriate for for racing in as well. So, um, yeah, but it was good to make that sort of decision. Did I have to tell you anything else about that? I think the only other thing I would mention is, like, I I reckon I kind of obviously still had a bit left at the end, so I probably could have pushed myself a little bit harder, but uh, how much more time I would have gained for completely flogging myself, I'm not sure. Like, you know, maybe for having a completely horrible day and, and feeling awful, I might have gained 30 seconds and, you know, in the scheme of things, not really worth it at this this stage of the game, I'd say.
1: No, you'd probably pick up a bit of a niggle, I think, if you uh, had have done that. I mean, as you say, this was like your first real hard hit out. When was the last time you ran cross-country?
0: Well, on that kind of course, it's been a long time. Like I've obviously done a couple of those park runs, Um, in our 5K challenge, which are off-road, but definitely not cross-country-like conditions. So, yeah, it was good to kind of bite off a little bit. And I'm hoping I'll be able to kind of push things a little bit harder at the Bandura event, which is a course made up of a 2K loop, a 4K loop, and a 4K loop. So I actually kind of like the loop running because it does help you dole out your effort Mm. and get a feel for how you're going so i I think my strategy for that one coming up will be to again sort of start fairly conservatively but really try and position myself to kind of run as hard as i possibly can during the last 4k whereas in this race i probably ran as hard as i could over the last kilometer
1: (laughs) what um what distance is it 10ks
0: yeah 10k so
1: okay um, brutal
0: it will it'll be tough but um the old course there used to be over 12k so um, yeah yeah I'm I'm glad it I'm glad it's only 10
1: Yeah I have only ever run I think the furthest I've run there is 8k's uh and that was a very long time ago
0: Yes and the the men and the ladies are both running 10k's at Bandura which is good so um We'll all be able to suffer together.
1: Oh, actually, I just <laughs> brought it up. In two thousand and eleven, I ran the Victorian State Cross Country Championships, eight k's in thirty two minutes forty. I finished nineteenth. Oh, there you go.
0: There you go. Yeah, well, that would have be been a good time over that. Um, yeah. Over that course. So I'll be, I'll be interesting actually to compare how I feel the relatively di- difficulty was of the courses. Like most of the people who ran the um the winery course were still saying that was a really tough course. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously made it a little bit easier for myself by running it conservatively. But yeah, i would be interested to see how the Bandura course compares. Ah,
1: well, watch this space, Brian. It will be the Brian Cross Country season show.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> and see, see if I can run at a. Yeah, I think a good goal actually for the 10K would be to run at a faster per kilometre rate than I did for this 8K race. I, th- I think that would be. Uh, be a good measure of some progress. What do you think?
1: Yeah, look, I think so. I can't even remember the Bondura course. I know that there's some really crazy steep climbs. There is some nice sort of sweeping long steady hills too, but yeah gosh, eight years ago. I can't even remember what I did yesterday at the moment. So my memory is certainly <laughs> not gonna go that well for eight years ago.
0: Well I think I, I think I ran the old 12K course uh probably would have been back in twenty twelve or something. Oh actually no it would have been before that. It might have been like two thousand and nine. And I think I ran a sub four minute K average for 12 Ks over that course, which at that stage was pretty good going. Don't think I'll be doing that, but yeah, if I can run, even if I ran 4.15 average, I think that would be, that'd be pretty good progress um, from the 8K race, given it's a little bit longer Mm. and yeah, be good to sort of feel like I can attack the last part of it a bit better and be a bit braver now that I've got the bit of confidence from this run.
1: Mm. Well, It'll be good to see how you go. We've got Brian's uh, training. He's climbing stairs. He's running to trains. He's not actually doing any formal, <laughs> formal running. But uh, <laughs> let's see how this approach goes. I know that you're a little bit unconventional, so this is <laughs> this is fitting in quite well with you.
0: See how see how it works. I mean, you know, those stair sprints to try and catch the next connecting train. Like they're going to be helpful on those steep climbs. <laughs>
1: Oh dear, oh, very good.
0: So what about you? You're um, you're going unstructured, but you also have a plan, <laughs> I'm sure.
1: Well, do you know what? I'm a little mistreatment at the moment since my calf went last night in, uh, in my session. Massage booked. I've got um, getting needling tomorrow and I put in an emergency call to my amazing physio and she's brought forward my appointment to next Thursday. So... I think I feel like I'm repeating myself at the moment because this calf is the one thing that keeps popping up. I usually need a couple of days off and then, you know, I'm fine again. Then I get myself into a stressful situation and it goes. So i have a couple of days off. We've got a long weekend this weekend, which I didn't actually know about. So maybe I'll find some downtime during that. Yeah, I I didn't realize that. So uh, we actually do, speaking of cross-country, we have our, our Club has a six k cross country and like club championship that they do, and it's on Monday. It's three loops of a two k course that park that is directly across from my house. It's actually a challenging little course, and I had intended to go and do it as a bit of a tempo, but uh, I'm, I might actually be lap scoring the way I'm going at the moment sounds like it. Plus, mm. you've
0: retired from cross-country, well, so I don't exactly. think you should do it.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. So, um, yeah, I just need to get my body and my head right, which I think I will. Things are you know, st- stacking stacking into place slowly, but um, I'm just getting a bit tired of the niggles. But having a chat to my coach on the weekend and he sort of said, look, you know, one of the major signs of when people are you know, either overdoing it or are a bit stressed is they just keep on getting sort of niggle after niggle. So. I'm in that basket. Yeah, yeah. But what about yes. you, uh, cross country hero? What's on the agenda?
0: <laughs> well, I think I'm going to. And look, I've been, I haven't really done a recap for the the week that's live at the moment, but I did manage to get in a good tempo session during the week, and I'm hoping to. I don't. I'm not going to be racing in this weekend coming, but I'm going to try and do some kind of hill repeat session. I, I think on on the on the Saturday and back that up with another good solid long run on the Sunday and then you know, probably take it pretty easy during the week in the lead-up to Bandura. So hopefully arrive fresh and full of beans and hopefully with a little bit more pop in my legs um to get up those hills. Mm,
1: Oh, that's good. And hopefully next week, because we actually missed a week's recording, which between the both of us, we were just way too busy and uh, we didn't even have time to sit down and research our topic properly. So um, next week I'll be positive, we'll have a topic and we'll be on time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's right. And it won't be the Brian's race recap for half an hour.
1: (laughs) Well, it's better than negative Lisa.
0: Uh, very good. Well, it might take me longer to recap the uh, the, the 10K race if we record after that. Given well, yeah, it is 2Ks longer so.
1: as well, so I've got to get in a couple of extra I'll, Ks. you
0: will and... give you a, a step-by-step, <laughs> step blow-by-blow account of, of how it went.
1: Uh, do you think that your wife will join uh, you because there's no winery?
0: I don't think there's any chance of her joining me for that one. Um, yeah, no incentive, no incentive. Uh, the fact that there was a, a very delicious barbecue at the winery and a couple of nice glasses of wine on offer was a good incentive to kind of get out and come out exploring. And, you know, it was pretty close to home as well, so it was fairly easy to get to. Whereas uh, trekking up to, to Bandura, that's going to be an hour and a half in the car and, yeah, no no treats at the end. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Oh, dear. All right. Well, enjoy your uh, week of stair climbing and um, catching trains, and I'm going to come back next week positive, and my body's going to be fixed. I just know it.
0: Excellent. Good work. Well, i look forward to that. And you have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. We'll catch you next week.